Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Former President Obama quietly advised the White House over the past five months on its strategy to address AI, engaging behind the scenes with tech companies and holding Zoom meetings with White House aides at Biden's request. Aides to both men say. That's an NBC News piece. No crap. As, as I wrote, but for the past three years, Obama has not so quietly been running the White House, fulfilling his dream of being the greatest puppeteer of all time. Who is surprised by this? I'm only surprised that NBC News wrote the damn story. Oh, Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. Over there at Cummins, they're offering retirement packages. Not No, not you have to work there. You can't just get one, right? That's not how it works. Voluntary retirement and separation packages. What they are saying is that they're expecting the slowdown in 2024. And so they're preparing. Quote, in view of the lower forecasted revenues, we have initiated actions to reduce costs in our business, particularly in selling and administrative costs. In order to lower costs as we move into next year, we are offering voluntary retirement and a voluntary separation program in select regions and parts of our business to eligible exempt employees. They employ 73,000 people over there at Cummins. Someone's going to get an early retirement. The voluntary part is where you start, I guess. I don't know if it, it stays that way. What if there's not enough voluntary retirement? I'm 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 asking what happens if there's not enough voluntary retirement separation I would assume from there you go to the involuntary this would be how I think it would work and I don't think I'm particularly wrong about that in the meantime everybody's preparing for what's coming and as much as I want to see the 10-year treasury down, and I want to see the uh, mortgage rates go down, and I was very happy to see uh, that decline yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the reality long-term. This could just be a simple dip. Interest rates going down in 2024? I'm not buying, but I certainly can hope. Doesn't seem Cummins is buying uh, that things are going to get better in 2024 either. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Is Kurt Darling in the newsroom? He is, yes. All right, get out here, Kurt. Get in the studio for a second. Stop. Whatever you're doing, it's not important. Tony Katz. 
93 WIBC. Good morning. I'm trying to follow this IndyCar news because there's been there has been a tremendous amount of movement in IndyCar even before the season ended and in this off season. It's been it's been interesting. And and I and I'm not I don't have an expertise. I, I can't follow everything. But Kurt Darling does because he's, you know, obsessed. And uh, is he there? Is he is he around? Somebody got to go get him. Because Grosjean is now with Hunkos because they fired Callum Eilat? Why? I, 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 I want to understand what it is. Well, that happened here. Kurt Darling, uh, it, not only from the WIBC newsroom, but a uh, a racing geek. Massive. <laughs> Ma- just one look at him, you're like, oh, my gosh. Geek. Uh, and uh, I want to understand this. So Grosjean goes to Hunkos. And Eilat got fired. Why did Eilat get fired? Well, uh, Tony, basically it sounds like there was a little bit of uh, infighting amongst the team. So um, based off of the um, optics of everything, um, at the end of the season, there was a lot of – you know, push to have Augustine Canapino kind of be the number one driver per se for Hunko's hauling or racing. But at the same time, Callum Eilat in the last in the last race of the season, he was running up in the top five and was kind of doing his own thing because, you know, he wanted to try and secure a seat possibly. This is all speculation, by the way, but it, it looked like he was trying to secure a seat for the next season. Well, that kind of rubbed the brass at Hunko's Hollinger the wrong way because he wasn't exactly following team orders, per se. So, um, needless to say, they uh, decided to part way mutually. They they publicly said that they've mutually parted ways between Eilat and Hunko's Hollinger Racing. And have you read, hold on, have you read the IBJ reporting on this? I have not actually yet. So, follow, the, it, it, this just came out, follow this. Um... Eilat and, and Canapino, I guess, as you were discussing, uh, possibly a bit of bad uh, blood. Um, the the back and forth with them got so bad, according to the IBJ, there was fan blowback and death threats from Canapino supporters. Oh, yeah, and that, that was actually kind of an ongoing thing all season long because... Um, you know, obviously there were a lot because Augustine Canapino is from Argentina. And so he is a he's a big racing hero in Argentina. Like he's like a Nash. He's a national phenomenon in this in the country of Argentina. And so when they I think the the rub is basically when they saw that he wasn't exactly getting the results. Meanwhile, Kyle Callum Eilat was actually doing mostly well at Hunkos. There were a lot of there was a lot of pushback from uh, Argentinian fans at the fact that Eilat was doing well, but Canapino was still kind of, you know, getting his feet wet. Keep in mind, he was a rookie, and Eilat already had a season under his belt, so that's just kind of the common sense of the whole thing. But so, but because of all of that happening, Eilat actually got a lot, and also Eilat was kind of involved with a few other wrecks as well that ended up costing Canapino a few good results throughout the season, which also fueled a lot of the fire of basically, for lack of a better word, hatred of Callum Eilat by Argentinian fans. That was kind of what the optics showed of everything like that. And so maybe it kind of reached a boiling point. Uh, I could speculate that maybe Hunko's Hollinger decided to make a change. Who knows? Meanwhile, they bring in Grosjean. I'm pronouncing his name right, right? Yes, you are. Okay. And he, 
was having open fights with people at Andretti. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, okay, here, here we go. So Roman Grosjean basically, um, you know, he thought that he didn't exactly get a fair shake at Andretti because he wanted to continue with with Andretti Autosport, now Andretti Global, for next season. But as the rest of the season kind of wore on, keep in mind he wrecked in about five of the 15 races that he competed in, or the full season that he competed in, which is a lot of wrecks. So he wasn't getting the results, and but at the same time, he still felt that he may want a, a better shake at things. Well, Andretti Autosport, now Andretti Global again, they decided to move a different direction, and it wasn't exactly looking good for Grosjean to have, you know, another shake at the rest of his contract. So they bring in new drivers, and Grosjean actually is now taking Andretti Autosport to court, or rather in arbitration, rather, to try and resolve a few legal differences about his exit. And now, just yesterday, he signs with Hukos Hollinger Racing. So he's doing okay. He has a ride in IndyCar, but he's not exactly happy with Andretti at the moment. <laughs> True or false? <laughs> this is this is the best thing to happen to IndyCar in years. Um, I mean, true. I mean, this is real, like in like world class drama reality show. Somebody on it. I can't imagine <laughs> this is what Roger Penske likes. But if you want to talk about something you can sink your teeth into. This is it. I mean, I would say this, Tony. It doesn't rise to the level of Formula One drama, but at the same time, Roman Grosjean is very familiar with Formula One drama. After all, he was involved with it all, you know, for 11 seasons in Formula One. But at the same time, you have a point. Any eyes that you can get on the series, even if it is, you know, drama and infighting amongst the teams, I mean, it's it's any publicity is good publicity for IndyCar right now, at least for a man, in a manner of speaking. You don't want like any something scandalous, but still, you're right. Any any eyes that the series can get on them right now is certainly beneficial, and you know, will definitely it'll definitely be compelling to see how Grosjean does with Hunkos Hollinger because he's going to a newer team as opposed to a more established team in Andretti. Meanwhile, Andretti is sticking with their young guns. You have a whole bunch of new drivers at, at Aero McLaren as well. Penske is still Penske, so a lot of new guys coming up from Indy next as well. So it'll be it'll be a pretty compelling uh, series next year. Plus, you have the Milwaukee Mile coming back to the to the schedule to IndyCar next year so there's a lot of good things to look forward to for the season coming up you got to write up the whole soap opera literally literally <laughs> oh. l- honestly like like a gossip blog on just what's happening i expect that done by the end of oh, the day oh yeah well maybe not the end of the day but maybe the end of next week actually once we get closer to the start of the season i'm actually going to work on a silly season piece that just basically breaks down all of the different moves amongst the teams going from one way to the other so I it'll have be got pretty good death threats and open fights none of this is silly <laughs> this is insane but that's what it's called it's called silly season that's literally what the indycar season is called a silly season good lord uh kurt darling <laughs> uh and from the wibc newsroom i appreciate you thank you very much there's a company out of florida they do roofs now we, everybody needs a roof of course uh we here are sponsored by moss roofing m-o-s-s mossroofing.com appreciate them this is not their special this is from a, a group in florida called roof easy and right now to pick up more business uh, that if you buy a roof, you get a free turkey, producer Jonathan. Ooh. You get a free turkey, Matt Bear. See, you, you get a roof and you get a turkey. You get a you get a nice frozen turkey. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like a like a fifteen pounder right there. Maybe something like that. A nice turkey. So if you if you 
if you uh, uh, buy a roof, you get a turkey and an AR-15. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's the that's the promotion. That's the promotion. Of course, uh, you'll have to do a background check in accordance with, with state and federal law. Uh, they, they actually, you have to wait three days. You have to wait three days? There's a three-day waiting period in Florida? Um, am, am I opposed to such a, a giveaway? No, of course not. Of course not. Um, but the reason to do it is to get some attention. You And you got it. Turkeys and ARs. America, man. What up? By the way, someone put that on a t-shirt. America, man. What up? What up, Matt Bear? <laughs> what up? How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. What, coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. All follow this. The Dow is up seven. The NASDAQ is down 35. Payrolls up 150,000, which is less than expected. And that means that the economy may be cooling down, which is going to send the yields down on the bonds and therefore could send the market up. Who wants to drink? The consensus forecast from the Dow was 170,000. Then the non-farm payrolls came in at 150,000. I haven't had a chance to really break anything down yet. Um, But if you're somebody saying that the Fed needs to do a better job at bringing down inflation, well, this... This is helpful to that argument. That look, they're doing their job, they're doing it right. They're doing their job, they're doing it right. This is this is not bad. This is helpful. But again, I haven't read the report. Because if the payrolls have increased by 150,000, not 170,000, first of all, it's a low number anyway. Secondly, in which sectors have they uh, taken place? And third, is that an indication not of a slowing economy but ra- or slowing down the economy to cool inflation, but rather a slowed economy because you simply don't need the jobs you needed, like, for example, dealing with temporary hires for the holiday season? We talked about Cummins already looking to do voluntary separations and voluntary retirements because they expect to slow down in 2024. So has it started already? That the lack of jobs isn't from the Fed doing their job in keeping interest rates high to bring down inflation and try and cool the economy, but rather because nobody has faith in the economy going forward. I mean, that's the question. That's that's where I'm uh, I'm at. So until I until I get to dig in, I don't I don't know where to where to where to take it. But I will tell you, um, I, if if I have it right, the Dow futures were in, were in negative territory until 
until this report came out. The 10-year Treasury note dropped quick. It was playing at 4.63. Now it's 4.562. It dropped because of the, of the jobs report. And 4.5 on the 10-year Treasury is certainly better than 5 where it was, which put interest rates at 8%. But yesterday we saw that there was a drop of a half of a point, 50 basis points, half, half a percent on mortgage rates. Mortgage rates went down to 7.5. Some people wondering whether or not 8 was is, is the high, and, and it's all gone, it's all done. Oh, I don't think that's the case. I think that's a rather crazy thought process. But if you're seeing the the 10-year Treasury go down and the spread on, on the rates has been lessened, the spread on the rates was no longer over 300 basis points, mean, meaning between the 10-year Treasury note, which is the benchmark, and where the 30-year fix was. That came down to like... 283 basis points, and you say, well, that's not really much, right? A, a basis point being, uh, you know, 100 basis points is 1%. So uh, 283 is 2.83% higher than the 10-year the, the treasury note, and that's where 30-year mortgages are. But any little bit down has to be recognized. Has to be recognized that... Um, that that things are moving in a better direction. The question is temporary or, or permanent, which is why I'm very curious to see if there'll be data next week that shows that yesterday, when mortgage rates fell into that seven and a half range, how many people who have been on the sideline not buying a house because 8% was psychologically way more than they could handle said, get the rate now, lock it in, we're doing it. And you're right, it's just a half a percent. We're not talking about much money, but we're talking about in the head. Where people psychologically feel these things. And 8% seemed to have been a barrier because quite literally real estate in many parts of the country came to a freaking standstill. So I'm curious if yesterday gave some kind of momentary pop or if this will last. Right now, if you're talking about 4.56 on the 10-year treasury you might actually see some housing movement. Anecdotally, I've discussed the Indianapolis market, and I'm, I'm talking about really, I should say where I look is Hamilton County, right? Uh, I've seen price cuts. I don't know if that's true in Hendricks or Johnson or anywhere else. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I have seen people uh, taking haircuts, taking a little bit off the price. Is that now going to end all of a sudden? Or are those houses now going to be just snatched up completely? This is what I'm watching. I don't know about you, but this is what I'm watching. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Oh, that hurts so much. I did. I broke out into a sweat. (laughs) Holy cow. Holy cow. Um, I've been... uh, I've been looking up uh, um, Christmas gifts, trying to figure out what I'm going to give uh, for for the holidays. 
um, trying to figure out what a what a good gift is because while while I, I'm certainly partial to giving a bottle of you know na- name your bourbon, not everybody's a bourbon drinker, and I have never looked at it as insulting. But I lived in Tampa. First of all, Tony Katz, ninety three WIBC. Good morning. I lived in Tampa for a few years. If you didn't know that, and I had a business there, a credit card processing uh, world, which my family is still in, and. You know, my, 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 my father's 85. He's still working, still running this business. So, you know, my brother and I have taken over pieces of it and provide processing all, all over the place. Uh, but, uh, you know, building up clientele and building up resources, referral sources, and, and the holidays w- 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 would come and, and I'd bring somebody a bottle of bur- whatever bourbon. And it was the first time I ever experienced, because it was my first time really doing so outside of the East Coast, outside of that New Jersey, New York um, atmosphere, and saw people say, no, thank you. I had never heard anybody do that. I'd never seen anybody do that. You take the gift. If you don't drink it, you don't use it, fine. Hey, that's kind of you. Thank you. No, no, no. They did not drink for a variety of different reasons, whether whether an, an issue with with drinking or whether something religious or, or or whatever the case may be, a feeling that maybe it was improper to even accept a gift. I was like, whoa, okay, this is new. I I never experienced that before in my life. So now, I'm 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 kind of like like uh, I'm hyper aware of that. Although maybe the instances of people not wanting that or not accepting that or being bothered by it, I think are probably smaller than I than I than I realize. So now I think of like what is what is a gift? What is a, a good, acceptable, worthy gift? So I'm um, I'm looking at things like like who who are our sponsors, right? How can I uh, how can I give somebody a gift? But you know, moss roofing. I don't know if I can give somebody a roof. I don't know if I could, if I could do that. Honestly, if, if Moss Roofing, if you want me to give away a roof, I'll give away a roof. You know, we may, if we want to make that a Christmas gift, maybe we can figure something out. Um, look at me. Look at me spending their money like it's my job. Um, but, you know, Premier Arms and PA Jewelers, I'm not going to give away fi- a firearm as a gift. Can't do that. But they've got the whole jewelry store, PA Jewelers. They're an authorized dealer of Citizen Watch. Maybe maybe that's a, a, a gift. I don't know. What is a good professional gift if if i if if we're saying that that a bottle of, of bourbon is out and i and i get it, it wouldn't be out for everybody i'm going i'm about to get 9000 emails and posts on on uh x twitter uh that oh i'll take the bourbon i get your point but what what is what is an acceptable gift you know i feel like it's 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 bull durham you know chafing dish is always nice candlesticks i don't know I don't know what, what, what is right now, so I, I've been going through it. And I don't know, maybe a watch isn't an acceptable gift. Maybe that's too personal. Maybe that's too personalized. Last person I bought a watch for, Matt Bear. And then you know what he does? He tells me I smoke cigarillos. I didn't sell the watch, though. Oh, okay, yeah. so you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. Do you even wear it? Yes, I did. I wore it to Kurt Darling's wedding, in fact. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our very own Kurt Darling here in the WIBC wow. newsroom. Yeah, he got married. I wore that. I wore the watch. It was awesome. Yeah. By the way, we did not mention that Kurt Darling got married, and congratulations and 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 Mazel Tov to him. I would have I would have said more, but I didn't get invited, so I'm done. I'm not. Oh, I hear him. Yeah, yeah. I hear him. Ha ha ha! Tony Katz sends good gifts. Ask ask producer Jonathan.
He Good. definitely does. He most Case definitely rested. does. Case rested. Joey Molinaro, I married him and his wife. Performed the ceremony. Ask about the gifts he got. Huh. Kurt Darling, best of luck to you. I mean, just, no, no, uh, I, just share I, your brisket with him. You'll be fine. I, I, oh, sh- you didn't see me invite him, did you? <laughs> right. That guy, that guy is going to have to eat some dry cold cuts. That's what he's going to get. Invite me, not invite me. What is? It was a beautiful what is that? ceremony. Did, wait, did 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 he invite uh, Casey and Kendall and Hammer and Nigel? I saw them both there. I saw Hammer, Nigel, Casey, Kendall. Um, our bosses were there. David Wood and I even saw our CEO of Urban One. Oh, Alfred yeah. was there. Yeah, it was That's a good. huge, huge party, man. Flew in, flew in from Maryland. Did he? <laughs> Landed uh, in Noblesville. It was a beautiful I hope, ceremony. I hope Uncle Alfred gave you a good gift. I really do. <laughs> I really do, Kirk, darling. That is that is great. That is you know what, Matt Bear, you don't even get to do traffic. No, I'm just keep talking. I really don't. <laughs>